Welcome to the Management Minute with Dr. Donita Brown, where we sit down with business leaders to gain valuable insights and advice on how to navigate the world of management. Whether you're a seasoned manager or just starting out, this podcast is for you. I'm Donita Brown, a professor in the College of Business at Lipscomb University. I'm also an author, speaker, and habit coach. For almost 20 years, I worked in corporate America. I managed teams of two to 102. Welcome to this week's episode. Today's guest is Tom Harmon. Tom, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. All right. Are you ready to get to your one sentence bio? But first, let me warn you, not everybody can do this. So some people just say, I'm not going to do a one sentence bio. I'm, I'm just going to give you my regular bio. Others have this well-crafted one sentence. So I'm excited to hear which camp you fall into. I'm probably going to be in the camp where I can't do it in one sentence. Okay, well, I won't do it in it. five either, so okay. I'll be in somewhere shorter. So as you mentioned, my name is Tom Harmon. I'm an AVP of finance in with HCA Healthcare. I've been with the company for approximately 20 years, and I've been in corporate finance accounting roles for over 30 years now. All right, you ready for question number one? I guess so. All right. How do your values impact your management philosophy? I don't think it's really easy to separate your ma- values from your management philosophy because I think the core of who you are and the values you stand for will in some way impact or influence how you manage or lead people. And what I mean by that, for, for example, if you value people, your management philosophy is going to be something really focused on motivating people, how things impact people, et cetera. If you value execution, deliverables, accomplishments, your management philosophy is going to be bent towards more of those type of activities. I think the key is here that they're not mutually exclusive. I think you can have all types of attributes in your values, in your management philosophy, but I think inherently how you're wired and how your God-given talents are given to you, you're going to be more bent towards one typical foundation than the other. So what are your values? I'm a people person. I just am. And so I typically look at things through the lens of the impact of a person. How is that going to motivate it? What do I need to do as a leader to motivate them, to encourage them, to inspire them? What can I get in front of them, either educational-wise or communication-wise, that might give them an insight that might help them do their job better? And so when things come across, I'm always just inherently looking at it from that type of lens. From the people lens. I am. So let's say you have an average employee, mm-hmm. not not a superstar, but but not somebody that you really have to question. But that average employee's work starts sliding. Mm-hmm. Quality starts sliding. Their attitude starts sliding. What do you do? You're a people person. Sure. So how do you motivate them to increase their work performance? Sure. So the first thing I would do is I would have a conversation with them. I would need to understand what's behind what I am personally seeing. Are there things going outside of work that's maybe contributing to it? Are they not happy in the role? Was it not a good fit for them professionally? Once I understand that, then I know how to move forward because I really need to understand what's causing it at the root before I can really take action. I know a lot of people just like to solve a problem. I try to figure out the person side of it and really what's causing it. And for example, if I know it's something that can be managed through work, I'd find a mentor for them. I do that a lot. If I see somebody who's really wanting to either progress in their career and I say, man, you're really good, but you have this opportunity here. Let me get you a mentor that you can work with to kind of help you figure out how to be more successful in that area. Otherwise, there's a lot of different things. So, But typically, going to the root is what I typically will go to first and then go from there. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for answering that. Ready for question number two? 
I think I am. Who or what has had the most impact on your management style? That's a great question. And I don't know how I can answer that without giving a quick story. When I first became a leader, as I was progressing through my career, moving from more of a staff role to a leadership type role, I started looking and trying to figure out different characteristics of leaders that I saw that I want to emulate in my um, leadership style. As I was working towards that, I would notice I was able to pick up those attributes and put those into practice. But there was this core part of me felt like there was something missing that, okay, I can do those things and I can certainly play the role, but I felt like there was a core attribute that was missing. So long story short, I kind of moved through my career for a few years and I start working with this supervisor and I worked with him for about a year. And he said, hey, why don't you take this new opportunity still within my organization, but with a different group? I want you to move over there. I said, absolutely. That's what's great for the company. I'm on board. So I did that role for two years. At the end of the second year, my performance review, I have this supervisor come up to me and his first thing is we're having this performance review. He says, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I owe you an apology. And that's how I started the performance review. And I had no idea where this was coming from. I started going, okay, what's going on? I was a little concerned. He said, let me tell you, he said, when I moved you over into this new role, my whole intent was to prove that you were an unsuccessful and incapable leader. And my whole plan was to eliminate you from the company. Oh, wow. Yeah, I had no idea. No idea. No idea this was the plan. So he said, he, he set he you up complete, thinking you could fail. Yes, that was a whole plan. And he said, but... He goes, not only did you prove to me that you are a very effective leader, he goes, but you far exceeded anything I could want and need in that role. He said, but what I noticed is over the last two years is your leadership style is so different than anything I've ever seen. I just didn't understand it. And by me watching you on the sidelines, I've come to appreciate how you lead and how effective it is. And so going back to the one that had the most impact, that was that gap that I'd been struggling with for years because mm -hmm. he was able to articulate in that performance review all the things that I struggled with for years trying to figure out, gosh, I, I know I can lead. I know mm -hmm. I can be effective. But I know that I'm a little different than how, quote unquote, most people lead. And he basically summed it up by saying, you build relationships with people and you lead through people. And he said, I've never seen that done the way you do it. Mm. And so what that did for me, A, gave me validation that I could be an effective leader and there was a role for me in, in corporate America, but also gave me the confidence to say, okay, I can continue to be the person I feel God has put me to be and not keep wondering, okay, why don't I more look like that? Or more do I not represent that type of leader? So it was really, had no idea it was going, had no idea that was the ultimate plan behind it, but it certainly turned out to be a blessing in disguise in the long run. You know, you said a couple of things that are pretty powerful. One, that oh. you tried to emulate other leaders mm -hmm. and make that your own style, but mm -hmm. you always thought that there was something missing. So do you think by having that new opportunity where you were moved, you leaned into your own personal style? Was that an opportunity for that? I think so, because when I moved from the role I was in to the role he'd asked me to take, it was a brand new area. So mm. I was basically building it from scratch. So because mm. I was building it scratch and there was no history in that particular mm. area, I could make it my own. And by wow. making it my own, I had a little more freedom to lead the way I feel like I'm naturally led to lead. And so I think that brought out a little bit more of my inherent leadership style. You know, and I think that just highlights what we do in a lot of different things. If you want to be an artist, you emulate your favorite artist. If you want to be a musician, you, you emulate you know, your favorite musician. If you want to be a leader, you know, you do that. But right. at some point, you have to have enough confidence to say, okay, I've done the work. 
I've watched other people. Now it's time for me to stand up and and use my own skills that God has given me. Absolutely. And that's, the, again, that's been foundational in my entire career, that yeah. that episode, because to your point, ever since then, I have confidence that, yes, maybe I might not look like this person or act like that person, but I still can be successful. I can still be valid and they still be relevant in the role and in corporate America. And so that's done a lot for me. That's amazing. Thank yeah. you. That's a great story. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Thank you. Before we get to the next question, let's pause for a quick message about Lipscomb University's College of Business. Are you looking to sharpen your management skills and take your career to the next level? If so, look no further than the MBA program at Lipscomb University. Our part-time program is designed to provide you with the knowledge and the tools you need to excel in today's fast-paced business environment. Lipscomb offers both in-person and online formats that make it a perfect fit for full-time working professionals. Apply now and elevate your management skills. Learn more and apply at lipscomb.edu forward slash business. Ready for question number three? I believe I am. All right. (laughs) What book has made the biggest impact on you? I think if I look at the overall spectrum of who I am, I would obviously say the Bible is probably my the biggest impact just because it's given me a foundation and a purpose greater than just what's going on day in, day out. You know, there's something bigger than me. It's bigger than the daily struggles or the daily triumphs because it gives you a purpose of, hey, there's more to this life than just what we're going through. So obviously that's been huge to me. And I try to live out my faith in a leadership style that emulates that. But even if you're not a person of Christian faith, I think the Bible, the way it's set up and organized, you can look at it and see just how countercultural a lot of the um, philosophies are there to where, you know, to be a good uh, leader, you need to be a servant. Mm. It's humility before power and prestige. Mm -hmm. You need to have childlike faith. So things like that, that Mm -hmm. I really think, even if you're not a person of Christian faith, you can look at the Bible and go, wow, there's some things that I can really take that can really help me be successful in how I lead or how I maneuver through life. So that's probably obviously the biggest book from a more corporate perspective, there is a book that I was given probably 20 years ago. Honestly, don't even know if it's in print now, but I still use it to this day. It's called Fierce Conversations Mm. by Susan Scott. And so what that book is, and I'm going to oversimplify it and probably not do her any justice, but what it is, is it gives a tool to have those conversations that no one wants to have, but everyone needs to have. Mm. You need to talk to somebody about their performance, their attitude, their deliverables, things like that. They're always uncomfortable, but as a manager, you absolutely need to do. And what it does is it helps you frame up the conversation in a way that the person you're having the conversation with feels valued and heard. But hopefully at the end of the conversation, you both feel like it was a win-win type of conversation. And so I've used that book and those different tools and towards how to maneuver those conversations numerous times throughout my career. I'm going to look and see if it is in print, because if not, I'm going to find it on eBay, because it sounds like a book I need to share in my classes. It is. It is a good book. I've got so many pages like noted Mm -hmm. and highlighted, and I've got obviously got my go-to conversation starters that have been successful over the years, but it's great. I highly recommend it. Thank you. Thank you for that recommendation. All right. Are you ready for my favorite part of the podcast? I'm a little nervous, but I, I think I'm ready. I think you're going to do great. You're okay, going to do great. Go. So it's 60 seconds of rapid fire questions. All right. Your job is not to overthink the answers. So okay. I, th- I think you could probably get through All right. quite a bit. Here we go. What Marvel character would you be? Spider-Man. What's the most unexpected thing you've ever done? Ask my wife to marry me on my first date. 
If you could redo any moment in your life, what would it be? Our wedding. If you could master one skill instantly, what would it be? Flying. What's the best advice you've ever been given? The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. What's your favorite season? Fall, but used to be summer. If you had to eat one cuisine for a month, what would you choose? Pizza. What was your first job? Washing dishes at a restaurant. What's the last movie you watched? Oh, gosh. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home. Who's your favorite author? Max Cato. That's a good one to end on. Oh, that yeah, it? I think oh, so. No. Oh, that I, was easy. Okay. Yeah, so it wasn't hard. No, it wasn't. I knew you'd do great. Okay, perfect. Now, your job is to give parting advice to managers. What's the best advice you could give a manager? I think it'd be be available and be present to your team. And what I mean by that is leaders and managers were constantly struggled and pulled in different directions deliverables, fire drills, other activities. And I think if we take the time to get out of our offices or make the intentional just just to say, hi, how was your weekend? How are you doing? And you start to see your team as a whole person and not just the person who delivers work for you in terms of a work environment. I think that builds a relationship with them and it's foundational. It's a win-win because when you need them to flex and maybe give a little more, they understand that you see them as a full person. They have other activities and interests outside of work, as you're willing to flex with them to kind of maneuver and achieve those things outside of work, they're definitely willing to give back. So I think that's so important to get to see a person for the whole person they are and just not the person they bring to the office every day. Great advice. Tom, thank you for being our guest this week. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Management Minute. We hope you enjoyed this week's interview. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend or colleague. If you have suggestions for future guests, please send me their contact information to donita.brown at lipscomb.edu. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. Thank you. This podcast is powered by the College of Business Content Creation Studio at Lipscomb University. Music.